Okay. Um, hello. Nice to meet everyone, if you haven't met before. My name's Jack. I am a second-year student studying biological sciences. And some of you may know I'm a massive fan of rap music. Um, I was kind of picturing at one point I come up here with a big microphone and everything. I was going to make some kind of funny quip about spitting some bars, basically. But now I've got this instead. And I think <laughs> I'm kind of more like a fairy entertainer kind of vibe. So <laughs> joke's gone and street cred down the window. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so for those of you who weren't here last week, we've just started a new series on Hebrews 11. And essentially, this is a chapter in the Bible where it's like a hall of fame, basically. Like we have all these amazing characters that have shown great faith in the past. And so last week, Naomi opened with Abraham and Sarah. And this week, I'm going to talk about Rahab. So I love Rahab. Um, it's interesting that Freddie mentioned he didn't know much about Rahab. I, for me, Rahab's always been one of my favorite characters. So I'm really excited to share with you guys why I think this, and hopefully you'll go away thinking the same thing. Um, but mostly, I'm going to be speaking about Joshua chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles with you or you want to read along, um, I'd recommend getting to that now before... Well, I get there in a minute, but like, I'm... Yeah. Um, so yeah, Rahab... In Hebrews 11, she's in one verse, it's verse 31, and it says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So we read through this list of heroes, you know, we see Moses, Noah, Abraham, and you kind of get to Rahab the prostitute, and you kind of think like, okay, what's going on here? Like, is that word prostitute, you know, it kind of sticks out. And, you know, in my opinion, in Rahab's character, we, we see how she's a perfect model of how faith in God's transforming love within our lives sets us free from our past sin so we may become new vessels for his good to work through. And so we're going to investigate her character, and hopefully you guys will also take home that message. So I'm going to now read to us the original story. It's in Joshua chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through to 11. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who come to, came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. You know, I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly, you may catch up with them. But she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. 
When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Amen. Um, so these Israelite spies, they scout out Jericho, and they take refuge at Rahab's house because she chooses to hide them. And I think it's quite important to stress like, how big a risk Rahab was taking. So in this time, prostitutes actually acted as spies for the king. So they would have all these travelers come through, and if anyone came who wasn't, or they had some kind of like sketchy info or something, like, it was on the role of the prostitute to share with the king. And if they were found guilty of not doing this, it was actually punishable by death. So Rahab, just dump that there. Um, Rahab, knowing the punishment she could face, she took a massive step of faith towards trusting the God of Israel. And so we see that there in verse 11, don't we? You know, she declares, the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. That's like her official step, if you were, declaring herself a woman of God. And so what does she do then? Well, if we read verse 12 and 13, it says, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. So she immediately, she turns that faith in God into action. You know, she makes an oath with the spies to protect her, and in return the spies, they climb out her window and flee. And if we then just fast forward to Joshua chapter 6, we see that one week later Jericho is taken, and Rahab and her whole family, they're brought out and they're made a part of God's family. So what a real story of redemption for Rahab, you know. It really shows us how strong and powerful God's merciful love is. This mention of her faith as well in Hebrews, it's not the only time we see um, Rahab's faith commended in the New Testament. So James chapter 2, verse 25, it says, In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. So this is a massive shift in identity for Rahab. You know, if you look up the Hebrew translation of her name, it's quite likely that her name was actually derogatory based on her profession. So who she was known as was solely based in this broken system she was stuck in. And now here we are a few thousand years later and we praise her as a woman of great faith. So we learn in this story that there is no limit of God's love for us and that by entering in relationship with him, we are no longer defined by our past sin, but now by his transforming love. And I think sometimes we just forget how powerful our God is, but Rahab, she shows that she fully understood the power of God's love. You know, she understood that society's view of her wouldn't affect her ability for God to work good through her. And so I just want to dive deeper into what faith in that situation actually looked like for Rahab. So for those of you who might not know the story of the fall of Jericho, um, the Israelites, they carry out this really weird battle plan where like, they set up siege outside the city and God tells them to walk around the city walls once a day. They do that for six days. On the seventh day, they walk around the city walls seven times. And then the city walls fall. Um, and a verse within this story I really want to highlight is verse 15 of chapter 2, where we're told that um, Rahab, she lives on the city wall. You know, she has a window because we know the spies fled out of it. So it's very likely that she would have been able to see, basically, the Israelites walking around. And so for a whole week, she's cooped up in this house with her family. 
And just picture how bizarre that must have looked for her. Like, I have absolutely no knowledge of ancient war tactics, but I highly doubt there were other nations doing this. And, you know, even if there were, Rahab shows such patient and enduring faith to wait out that whole week. You know, she could have climbed the window. We know it's possible because the spies did it. So for this whole week, this window could well have been some form of temptation right there for her. Either she could have picked a time to flee when the Israelites weren't there, or she could have picked a time when the Israelites were there and tried to join them early. But rather try and make shortcuts in God's plan or rush his plan. You know, she trusted in faith that God's plan would come to fruition no matter how weird the waiting period was. So Rahab, she showed she fully understood that God works to a greater time scale, in that case a week, and that by having faith in what God had called her to do in a day-to-day life, in this case, wait, um, he would use her as a part of that plan. And doesn't that whole situation sound so familiar? Like we've just spent the past year effectively locked inside because of lockdown. And just like Rahab, I think God has placed us all exactly where he wants us to be right now, no matter how weird the waiting period might be to us. And you know, it is great that lockdown is easing and all, and I think there's also such a pressure on the next few months to be amazing, or like, this is the time for us to put into practice all that we've been taught over the past years by God. And my first challenge, I guess, to you guys is, if this coming post-lockdown season ends up seemingly unfruitful for you, or like, there's an air of disappointment to it. You know, are you going to try and do things your own way and jump the window? Or will you have faith that God's timescale goes to a greater length than just this summer? And will you know that God will be using you even in the waiting? Because, I mean, look at Rahab. For her, showing faith did mean to wait. And we don't know what the story would have looked like if she didn't, but I imagine it would have had a very different ending. And I do just also want to highlight at this point that you know, I'm not saying when lockdown comes we should all be waiting for things to happen. I think, if anything, this story shows us that we should have faith that God is at work within our daily lives, and by that faith, we can have confidence that we will play a role in the fruition of his plan, no matter what we are called to. So for some of us, that might be to wait. Some of us, it could be a new job we're looking forward to start, or like some new Bible plan we're going to get stuck into. Whatever it is, I just encourage you guys to know that... Um, well, just to know your role in the bigger picture of God's plan. And just for the last few minutes, I really want to focus on why it is so important that us as Christians are living out that faith in our day-to-day lives. And I'll go back to Rahab again to explain why this is so important. So with Rahab, the other just kind of question, how is it is she even has this much faith? Like, where does it come from? You know, as a Canaanite woman, she would have been in a polytheistic system where you know, there would have been no Torah, no kind of scripture for her to read about God. And similarly, like, we know these spies are the first Israelites to, um, to enter Jericho. So it's not like someone's come knocking on her door and evangelized to her. Like, maybe as a prostitute, she'd heard stories from travelers. Or maybe it's just in the reality of God was, was just apparent in how much fear there was in the city. Either way, the point I'm making is that whoever or whatever witness was made to her, It wasn't something as obvious as just sitting down and having a deep conversation. And yet what is important is that she clung to what she had heard and kept it in her heart. And this really struck me because, you know, the people around Rahab, they would have had no idea that she was even thinking about a relationship with God, you know, because it was all internal. They wouldn't even have 
been able to see that. And I think, like, isn't that so encouraging? Like, we might witness to our non-Christian friends and think that they're not interested or, like, they're not really hearing anything, God's not present. But this story shows us that, firstly, God does meet with people who we might think are out of reach. And secondly, that no matter what we think, it shows our witness does matter. And this really hits close home to me, so many of you will know I became Christian here at Essence in my previous academic year. And had it not been for the strong and faithful witness of the people around me, you know, I probably just wouldn't be stood here. Like, that's the kind of effects that witnessing can have on people. And I know that not every story is like that, so I recently read this book here. I don't know if you can read, it says The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. Um, interesting book. Um, throughout this book, basically, Dawkins tries to discredit God. And um, I have to say that after reading it, I think around 90% of his arguments are correct, which is probably not what you thought I'd say. But the thing is, is that he doesn't know God. Like, he spends around 400 pages trying to discredit a God that I don't believe in, and it's just the God that he perceives God to be. And I think what is important is that if for some of our friends it is their wrong perception of God that stops them from stepping towards him, doesn't that highlight even more why we need to be a strong witness? Like we are commissioned to be messengers and vessels to share that love with people. Because God does love them and cherish them, and they might not know that if they don't see that. And I mean, look at Rahab, witnessing, well, her witness was so strong that within that week-long period, her whole family too came to faith. So just to kind of round off with some concluding points, I think, remember that no one can be too far from God that they're a lost cause. You know, whether that be in the context of our friends or even ourselves, this you know, story of Rahab shows us that we are no longer defined by our past sins, but now by God's love. And so I encourage you all, whether it be in witnessing or just in something else you feel called to, just know that you are playing a bigger role in, or a role in God's bigger picture. And I think if anyone needs a final encouragement that you are always playing a role in that, whether or not it may seem weird or strange. I just encourage you guys to look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, because you'll see there the genealogy of Jesus, and who is there but none other than Rahab herself. Now, Rahab certainly never knew that she would play a role in the bloodline of the person Jesus would send, or God would send to save humanity. So I just kind of pose for you guys, Imagine the kinds of plans God might have for you if you share that same faith she did. Thank you.